Elizabeth Chapel, a lifelong entrepreneur who finally found my niche. After years of new ideas and jumping from business to business, I figured out how to turn a craft into a successful career. In 2016, I started a monthly subscription box for quilters. That little startup has grown into a thriving, multiple six-figure business that I am so proud of. As a published author, designer of fabrics and patterns being sold throughout the world, my favorite thing to do is to teach others how to grow a career of their dreams. Each week you'll hear from me or from other guests who are creative entrepreneurs, so you can learn exactly what to do and what not to do to grow a career that's more rewarding and successful than you ever thought possible. If you're ready to turn your craft into a career that you love, I am so excited you're here. Welcome to the Craft to Career podcast. Welcome to the Craft to Career podcast. I'm Elizabeth Chapel, the host of the podcast. It's so great to be back with you. I took a little break in December to recharge, relax, and be present with my family. And now I'm back. It's a brand new year, 2024. Great things are ahead. And before I jump in and introduce the guest this week, who I loved chatting with. Oh my gosh, Tanessa. I will absolutely be staying in touch. I feel like I really made a new friend and met a bosom buddy who I just love. I cannot wait for you to to meet her on the podcast. I am going to read a review. Leaving a review for the podcast is so incredibly helpful. This is how I can find guests for the podcast or they can find the podcast and request to be on the show. So if you enjoy Tanessa today or want to hear from another great guest in the industry or who is a business expert, go ahead and leave a review. It will help bring those amazing guests onto the podcast. So this review says, so excited. And it's from Mom of All Trade. I happened to search for a craft podcast and found your show and decided to start listening. I am so happy that I found it. I'm finding that this is helping me and my best friend. We just started our little business and we have found that we are struggling, but with all the tips and tricks that you have supplied us with, we are so excited and eager to try them out and see how it goes. Thank you so much. We are going to continue to listen to the rest of your podcast in hopes that maybe it will help us become a better crafter. That is awesome. Thank you so much, mom of all trade. I really hope that you and your best friend have the most success with your business. I would love to hear what you do. Send me a DM, reach out. It's so fun for me to connect with listeners. And now let me introduce you to Tanessa Shears. She is a health consultant for entrepreneurs. We go into all of the things. She just has such a fascinating life. So she she talks about biohacking, which I am very intrigued with. She also just talks about mindset. She talks about her lifestyle, the, the changes that she and her husband have made where they're able to go and live abroad for a couple of months out of the year. And she's just had so much success, but success in what I consider to be way more meaningful and impactful than just financial. Yes, she's had financial success, but she is making connections with people. She is fine. We'll, we'll actually dive in in this episode and talk about what that success looks like. When is enough enough? Uh, so without further ado, let me jump in and introduce you to Tanessa. 
Tanessa, I'm so excited that you're here on the podcast. Thank you. And can you just do a little introduction and tell our listeners a bit about who you are and what you do? Hey, Elizabeth. Yeah, thanks for having me on today. So my name is Tanessa. I'm a mom of two. I've got a one and a three-year-old right now. And I work with clients who have their own business and they've been working on, you know, building that up. And then all of a sudden they realize like, I haven't taken care of myself in a while. I am drained. I am tired all the time. I'm not eating the way I want. My sleep is a mess. And they get to that point where they're just like, I am tired of putting my health on the back burner. I want to feel energized. I want to feel clear. So that's what I do. So I use wearable tech like an aura ring and I use biohacking and help them create sustainable health protocols that fit in around the busy lives that we have while we either we're parents or we're running businesses and just kind of help make it all smooth so that we can feel the way we want to feel, have the energy, the focus and the clarity we need. I'm so intrigued. And this is one of the reasons I want to have you on the podcast. Literally last night, I asked my husband, do you know what biohacking is? And he was like, what? Biohacking? He's like, no, what is it? I was like, um, literally, I wish I could have recorded what I said because I have no idea what it is. I was like, I think it's some sort of hacking your biology so we can live longer and happier. I was like, I don't know. So is that accurate? Yeah, it's it's pretty accurate. But one thing I wouldn't do is I wouldn't go Google it because if you okay. Google biohacking, you're going to get like all kinds of things like people replacing their own, you know, blood cells and doing all that. But there's another end of the spectrum. And that's kind of where I like to do is like meet where we're at with the modern science and the things that are designed to get our brains working clearer, to help us live longer, to have more energy. And so the way I think of biohacking is what can I do to change my environment outside me and inside me so that I feel my best, my healthiest, my most vibrant? So you, you had it right on there. It's the hacking, the biology, it's using science to make me feel better. It's all about experimentation. I love it. Okay. And do you have, well, I did just barely sign up for your free opt-in, but I'm very curious, the ring that you're wearing, is that mm -hmm. in your, the freebie that you offer? How do, how can we get the link for that? Oh, so the ring I'm wearing, it's called an Aura ring. And we all know what like a Fitbit or an Apple Watch does, right? But those are designed to be activity trackers. They're great at tracking your steps, tracking your workouts, but where they really lack is on their capability to watch what's happening during the recovery part, because there's no point in doing the workouts if we're not recovering, you're not going to get out of it. Like, and same way with managing our stress and keeping our body low inflammation. So the Aura Ring is designed as a rest and recovery tracker. So it specializes in tracking not only all of the metrics surrounding your sleep, but also to do with your body's stress. Like there are certain measurements that it takes where you can see is your body in stress or is it not? And you can watch trends over time. And so if you implement different things, you're able to be like, hey, look at that. The stress measurements on my body are changing. And that's oh, why indeed. it just has so much. It's not in that... Um, not in the guide that you're talking about. However, like I have like app tutorials and all that kind of stuff. If people ever pop into my DM on Instagram, I'm always happy to send resources. I've done podcast episodes about it. I, it's a great tool. Okay. Well, Christmas is only a couple days away. I can still get that ring. <laughs> Definitely. And the thing I think what's so neat about it is like, our brains work with return on investment, right? We want to be spending time in our businesses that makes sense, right? Like if I'm going to go and spend time doing X, Y, and Z, I want to know that it's either creating income or creating community or it's creating some type of return. Well, I use the Aura Ring to do that with my health. 
So I don't want to waste time following, you know, 30 people online. They all say to do different things. I don't know. I'll just do what my friend did. With data, you're actually able to say, hey, interesting. When I go to bed at 10 instead of 11, I feel a lot better and I get enough sleep. And the data says that. That's interesting. And so I know what I want to spend my time on. And it just saves me all this time. We're busy. I don't want to do all the health habits. I don't have time for that. So it's really about being able to personalize it and get your return on investment from your time with your health. Uh, okay, very cool. And I like that data driven. I mm. also want to touch on, I'm assuming this is part of biohacking, but you you studied nutrition. Actually, okay, I heard what you studied. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. But what did you get your degree in? Biomedical physiology and kinesiology. <laughs> it's a mouthful. So basically, kinesiology part is studying human movement. So everything from how the muscles work to how they contract the exercise component of it. And biomedical physiology is how our body uses fuel, how it uses nutrition. And so those two came together. And then I, you know, I found it so interesting. I got like a certificate in applied human nutrition and health and fitness studies, like all from S from the university as well, but like very well-rounded. It got like the body side, how it works, how we take the food, how we implement it. Yeah. It's a mouthful <laughs> to say. <laughs> and the kinesiology, I was like, I think that word sounds familiar, but so, okay. And it's interesting. I noticed in my mind when I saw that you talked about nutrition and foods that are helpful. I went to a place of guilt because I just had a handful of jelly bellies. Like it's, and I'd like to say it's the holiday season. What? That's not even an excuse. Like there, I just have some foods that I prefer to eat. Sometimes, no, a lot of the time. So, uh, what can we do to like? I don't know. Not have so much guilt, but like lean into the things that are going to help us. You know. Yeah. Well, I think guilt only comes from a sentence in our head. It doesn't actually come from what we're doing. It's the sentence we have about what we're doing. So obviously you said you had the jelly bellies. You have a thought, I probably shouldn't be doing this based on some expectation you had set for yourself on how you think you should be. So I yes, always- okay. Like You're speaking path, to me. Right? So I always like to, well, that, that's part of why it's not just like, uh, you know, everyone loves the health hacks. Like, tell me the sleep hacks. Tell me the, but like, if you don't marry that with like working with your brain- you could be doing all the right things and still be miserable. So that's why I always like to say, like, what if you could separate out the sentence, I shouldn't be eating this from the food? Because I always think food is neutral. Like if you take a list of, let's just take something that some people would think would be extreme, like keto. And you have, these are the foods you're allowed to eat. You give this list to two people. One person might say, oh, that's so restrictive. I could never do that. That's depriving me of the joy of food. And somebody could say like, oh, this is amazing. I love eating these foods. I feel so good when I eat them. I'm looking forward. Do you see this? How it had nothing to do with the food. And so I think when it comes back to your conversation about the jelly bellies, it's like, maybe we actually just need to look at what we're saying about these things all the time, because you don't have to choose to say that. And the nice thing is, is like, if you can separate that out and you're like, oh, well, I could also choose to change the way I'm thinking about eating healthy foods. It doesn't have to be depriving. It could literally just be like, what if you get to do that for you? What if you love how you feel, right? And even coming from where I come, I am I do not eat whole foods all the time. I mean, we had pizza two nights ago and we're fine. But the difference is, I think when we talk about food, food freedom comes from 
not eating healthy foods. We think when we eat healthy foods, we'll finally feel free and we're going to have, it's just going to be great and I'll feel healthy all the time. No, food freedom is not thinking about food at all. It's just how you are. I don't think I'm eating so healthy. I wonder if I had my vegetables today. I shouldn't have had that pizza. Food freedom is not thinking about it at all because you're at peace with the choices you make. I want this in my life. It's so funny because I feel like I have money freedom. I've gotten to a place where I feel that way about money, but I have not gotten there with my food. So that is interesting. So what are some some tools? It's so funny. Like I, I know how to apply that with money, but how do we apply that with our food? Like, yeah. And I love, love, love the things you're saying. This Have you studied like I don't know, psychology at all, or I coach a lot of clients. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I've gone through this myself, <laughs> right? Like, um, I opened my business back in 2014. And that was back when I was doing like the bodybuilding competitions and only eating boiled chicken and, and broccoli. And if I did it any other way, then I was never going to, you know, all of that stuff that comes with that whole world, which I mean, is a little, a little toxic in itself, but having to just see if I want to change the way I feel about food, it has to start with here because as soon as, as soon as we look outside of us and say that food is making me feel deprived, that, you know, is like, that's when we lose our power. Right. So I always like to think like the best piece of advice I've ever been given. And I use it in any sphere of my life is that my brain and the way I think about things is always going to be the problem not that thing outside me. Because as long as my brain is the problem, this is great news. I know it doesn't sound like great news, but my brain is the solution, right? And so I always love having that power to just be able to feel, if I want to intentionally feel neutral about what I eat, that's great. And one thing I decided, and this, a lot of people don't agree with this, but it has worked exceptionally well for me, is I have decided that the majority of my joy doesn't come from food anymore. My joy hmm. comes from other things in my life, like, you know, going out and taking my girls for a walk to see Christmas lights, joy, curling up with a book. I love to read joy. You know what I mean? Getting some uh, organic loose leaf green tea and just smelling it before it steeps in the cup, joy. And I have learned to detach the joy from food because it's so much of our society is like your birthday, you eat Christmas, you eat Thanksgiving, you eat that is so commingled, right? And a lot of it is culture. But for me, I found that I'm like, this isn't working. If I'm mm-hmm. like celebrating with food all the time, because it's it's making me feel bloated. I have brain fog. I don't feel good. And so yeah. I decided to just start dissociating that and knowing that I want joy from my life and food can act as fuel most of the time, not all the time, but mm-hmm. most of the time. So do you like, because for me, when I travel, I was not expecting to go down the food route this much, but hey, let's go for it. So when I travel, I plan around meals. Like I will look for really fun restaurants. I mean, do you do that? I don't know that I want to give that up, you know? You know what's so fun? I literally just put, I was just talking about this on my Instagram stories the other day, is I have such a different mindset on what I call vacation mode. I find we are, I mean, a lot of us, whether we want to label it as busy or full schedules, we've got a lot going on. We are constantly go, go, go. Most of us don't disengage from our phone at night. We don't take time for ourselves. And when we do, it's always distracting time instead of really fulfilling time. And then we take a week out of our schedules to go somewhere and we spend the whole time overindulging, feeling bloated, coming back heavy, not moving, too much alcohol. And for me, I was like, if I'm going to take time out of my life, 
I'm going to reward myself. So I think of holidays as retreats. And so I'm like, how can I come back better than when I left? And so we often choose our, our Airbnbs or our hotels. Like, is there a nice walking area in the vicinity? What can I do to make sure I'm moving my body and getting sunlight? And is the deck facing east so I can walk? Like, these are the way I think, because I always want to come back feeling amazing. And there were so many years where I'd go on vacation and I'd take one week off and I'd come back feeling like eight pounds heavier, bloated, my sleep would be disrupted. And that's how I'm going to spend my time rewarding myself. So it's it's not that there's a right or wrong way. It's just I chose, you see, it all comes back to my thinking. Mm-hmm. It's just looking at it as a thinking different way. Hmm. Yeah. So that's why I kind of, I've unsubscribed from traditional vacation mode and just like, how do I want this to be for me? Which brings me to this lifestyle that you and your husband have. Can you just share your life, <laughs> what it looks yeah. like? <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we're the well-loved black sheep in our family, my husband and I. <laughs> so we, we found actually, and this is, this is going to sound crazy, but we found a style of investing about two years ago that had allowed us to basically cover all of our living expenses with just the monthly dividends that are paid off of our investment portfolio. Um, And we did that by selling our house and investing. Literally, our family thought we were insane. They're like, this is backwards. You don't (laughs) sell your house. And I'm like, no, no, it's going to work. It's going to be great. I have a spreadsheet. Fine. Um, But fast forward, like we're probably two to three years into this. And my husband has quit his full-time job. He worked as a mechanic. Um, We now, uh, my business, he has a videography business that he runs. And so we now have like, because he's no longer tied to a physical job, we've got a bit of location freedom to play with. So we've actually decided we want to spend four months a year living and working in another country. And so in January, like literally in three weeks, we're going to go move to Panama for two months just to go and live. I mean, I live in Vancouver. It's rainy. It's not very Mm -hmm. bright here. So just go live in the sun. And it's been possible because we made some big decisions that were uncomfortable and we got a lot of pushback on. Um, But it has given us this kind of financial freedom because our expenses are covered and the location freedom because he doesn't have to work. And that in combo with my business, now we get to travel. So we'll be spending two months in Panama. It's literally going to be like life here but somewhere else in a different culture. We want to celebrate their holidays. I want my kids to hear different languages. Like I really, it's a, it's, I never traveled much. So I think this is going to be a fun experience to kind of start seeing the world while not having to stop everything to make a trip. It's so cool. And I, I think I listened to a podcast with you and your husband. He talked about when he quit, he kind it was the whole thought process again, like your mind, but he was like, Oh, I'm going to have so much time. Life's going to just be amazing now that I'm a stay at home dad. And it wasn't like it was. So I don't know if you want to speak on that a little bit, but just that, that the idea of like, whatever, something else is going to be the solution. Once something outside of me changes, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden I will be happier. Yeah, that's the when then fallacy. So what what she's talking about specifically was this episode where my husband had retired and he's like, I'm going to have all this time. I'm going to get in wicked shape. I'm going to start doing all these things that I never had time for before. But it's interesting. We always say when this happens, then I'll do this. When I have more time, then I'll work on my health. When I make more money, then I won't worry so much. And we have all these like dis- things that we think are going to happen. But all that happens is you decide to change how you're thinking. 
And so my husband in this scenario, he got, you know, six months into being a full-time dad and he's like, this is rough. I'm just as busy, except now I'm full-time dad. And I keep in mind, I was home with baby number one. So I got the gentle transition, but he got thrown into two crying, screaming toddlers all the time. And it's a lot, right? And just realizing that he had all these feelings bubble up of like frustration and anger and just like, what am I doing with my life? And he's no longer the primary income earner and just all these identity shifts that come with what we think would be the dream if we just didn't have to work anymore. And he just liked it so much. He's like, I'm getting, restarting my videography business. I am just not doing this anymore. Um, but yeah, really just understanding that like when we say, when I get there, then I'll do this. All that happens is when we get there, we're going to decide to have a different set of sentences in our head. But I often like to say like, if you don't do the work to change your brain now and change how you think now, you're going to get to the goal and it's going to, you're going to have the same brain. So you're going to have to feel the same thing. Right. And it's the same thing with when I be healthy, then it'll be great. No, if you're fixated on food now, you're going to be fixated on food. Then the goal is like, we want to change how your brain operates and thinks about it now so that you know, when you get there, you won't be disappointed with the outcome. You won't be like, oh, this feels nothing like I thought it would be. I, okay. I've talked on that because I experienced that in my business. I was like, when I earn X amount of money, then I'll have made it. I don't know what I thought. I just thought then, then that'll be great. And I got there. I was like, wah, wah, you know? And then I feel like the outsider might listen and be like, oh, that's so ungrateful. But this is exactly what it is. It's just, it's actually, I think it's freeing. Like, actually, you can have that joy that you think will come then, right now, you know? Yeah. But I would love for you to share tips. Like, what are some tangible things that people can do? It's it's cool to hear, like, just change your mind. But we're, you know, our brains have been going through these certain thoughts for so long. So what have you seen can help a person, like, have that peace or whatever it is they're looking for right now? Yeah, I think it's, first of all, even seeing what's going on. Um, one of the things I love to get clients to do is I'm like, the first thing everyone's like, once they see what's going on, they're like, this is terrible. I have to change this now. But I always like to invite like, okay, what if you just spent a week listening in your head to what is going on? Because I think most of us like we hear it, but we don't actually hear it. And so that first week or so when you are hearing, I always say like, it's going to get worse before it gets better, because you've gone unconscious. We have all these thoughts in our head of like, oh, I'm so stressed out about this, or I'm always worried about this. And we have all these thoughts in our brain, but we distract ourselves with scrolling Instagram or repeated episodes of Netflix or overeating or over shopping or overworking and telling ourselves like, oh my God, if I can, I'll just, I'll just work a bit more because then this will get rid of this feeling, right? And we get just, I feel like we just get really wrapped up and we numb all of those thoughts and those feelings. So when you start to look for them, it's kind of like, this is awful. I am so mean to myself. And we get kind of like really uncomfortable. And it takes, it takes determination not to dive back into a distraction. Like mm -hmm. to face it and be like, I don't want to have to have the distraction. I don't want to have to have the food to numb the feeling. I don't want to have to have the TV or the scrolling or whatever it is. And so I first start by hearing it. And then sometimes what I like to do is in your head, the sentences feel like facts. Like sometimes I'll have a client and they'll be like, oh, um, this is happening and my life is so busy and I have my kids and you don't, you don't get it. My schedule, you don't get it. And I'm like, 
sure, but you're just reporting that like it's the news instead of a series of choices that you're making about what you're doing with your time, right? And so one of the things I always like is like, spend five minutes writing down the sentences coming out of your head. Because when we say them out loud, we really start to be like, that's not true. Oh my gosh, that is a choice. And they don't sound like just reporting the news anymore. Like facts, it's like in my head, it sounds true. So getting those out and sometimes... Sometimes, like I said, writing that down, that's why I always work with a coach because you can't see what you can't see. Everything that you are going through right now feels like an undeniable fact. You don't get it, my circumstance, but we're the the tighter we grip to our stories, the more we're you, you, you're arguing for you keeping them, right? And so I always like a, a mind outside of my own to be able to be like, did you notice this? Like I had my coach point out the other day that like, do you notice that you spend a lot of time in fear and desire in your brain? Like you go from like, oh, I wish I had this. <gasps> oh my God, what if I don't have this? I wish I had this. Some flavor of that. And it wasn't until it pointed out and I was like, that's terrible. I don't want that anymore. <laughs> but it was like a freeing moment because I'm like, now I get to do something about it. So do you coach people? Like what actually, yeah, what services do you offer? Yeah, so I work very closely with clients on, I, I always say it's like part consulting. And it's part coaching. The consulting part is the part that we think we need. The sleep hacks, the proper nutrition, the exercise plan and all that. And that's all important. And so for that stuff, I always like using data, like we talked about earlier. I'm like, okay, you want more energy. You're struggling to get up in the morning, looking at your data. It looks like this could be it. Here are two things I want you to do. I make suggestions. You make decisions. What do you want to work on this week? We'll do an experiment for one week. At the end of the week, you feel better. Good. Keep it. If not, try something new. So that's on that side. And that's the side that we think we need. <laughs> but mm -hmm. on the coaching side, it's our brain being like, I'm too tired. I don't want to get up, but I'm exhausted. I don't have any me time. I didn't get enough done today. I'm my to-do list, blah, 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 blah. And that is really what is stopping you from getting to work. That is what is, that is why we say I'm not consistent. There must be something wrong with me. I've always been like this. Like we have a lot of these thoughts, not recognizing that like if you have the perfect health protocol and you like white knuckle willpower all the way to this perfect plan, it won't hold because you're there being like, I've never stuck to anything before. And we have to get in there and you have to be able to see that like the way you talk about yourself in your head is like, I can't, there's something wrong with me. I've never been able to do this. I'm not worthy. I'm not valuable. They're going to think this. I don't want to offend them. Like we got to dig up that stuff, bring it to light, show you like this is why you actually have your result. You can change all you want, but you'll get right back here. If you want to change your result, let's get in your head. Let's figure out, let's, let's lay it out. And then you get to decide what you want to keep and you have permission to let anything go. And it's not easy, but right. it's simple. There's a difference. Have you heard of, there's a podcast called The Art of Accomplishment? Mm, I've not heard of it. Okay, yeah, you'll have to check it out. So I... I've been listening for a while and I just took their connection course. And part of that course, we had to have a partner and go through the voice in our head for a week. We had to write down notes throughout the week, which was hard to recognize. You know, I'm like, what does the voice in my head say? Things that aren't super nice. And then share that with someone else and have them say it. And when they said it, I'm like, well, that sounds ridiculous, you know, but to recognize that voice in our head and it's on autopilot all, I think there was something like, 600,000 thoughts a day or something, you know, that are just unconscious going through our mind that we think are fact. And we're pretty darn harsh on ourselves. 
so harsh on ourselves, right? And to, to your point, one of the things like, you know how you said like, oh, I had trouble kind of like what was going on in my head. Here's a really easy one. If you are notice you're feeling something that you aren't enjoying, or maybe you are, just notice a feeling in your body and ask yourself, what am I thinking right now? So if I ever find like I... I feel like everyone has their different flavors of emotions. Like some people are heavy onto the anxiety side. That's me. Some people are into more the shame. Some people guilt trip themselves. Like we all kind of have flavors. But whenever I feel my anxiety rising, it's a gradual tightening. I can feel I'm not breathing anymore. I can feel like there's a, a quickness in my head. My thinking starts to get faster and I start to go into problem solving mode on my, I'm not even working. Why am I problem solving? When I notice that experience, I'm like, wait, what am I thinking right now? And it's, you should be doing this. You haven't done this. What about this? You're going to like my, that's it. When you feel those physical cues, that is such a good sign to go stop. What am I thinking? Because if we are thinking things on repeat all day, they're going to start generating a lot of those emotions. It's a great place to kind of start poking around. Hmm. Yeah, I like that because it's much easier to like, oh, I don't feel, I feel stressed or I feel whatever it might be, uncomfortable, and dig into those thoughts. Yeah. Well, because when we feel stressed, we go, it's because of that over there. It's that schedule. It's my kid crying. It's that client email. It's that person on Instagram. It's not. Everything. Mm -hmm. I always think this, and here's how you can tell if something is truly a neutral circumstance, is if you and I could both look at the same thing and everyone else in the world, and we all have the exact same thought on it, it's a neutral circumstance. Like if I look and say, what color is the sky? We're all going to say blue. I mean, theoretically, as long as it's not cloudy, right? (laughs) We're all going to say it's blue. That's a fact. But as soon as you say my busy schedule, well, that's your opinion on it, right? So we always start to look for where are we coloring things with Mm -hmm. our own perceptions and taking them as fact. Hmm. Uh, This is, I just love this so much because the people who I <clears throat> work with, they're so much like, it's really mind. It's the mind, you know, they want to grow their business, but they have self-doubt or whatever it might be. But I do want to kind of circle back to this lifestyle that you have with your husband. So if the casual listener is like, oh my gosh, they're retired or, or they're able to travel to Panama, they could think like they just are earning so much money and they are so well off. Like, can you speak to what, what kind of, and maybe you are, but I I've heard you speak on, on this topic. So can you talk a little bit about the mindset and the lifestyle choices? Yeah. So, I mean, are you talking about the mindset in terms of like the, when is enough enough kind of mindset of like, yeah. Okay. So I, I, this, this, I call it my third of life crisis. I turned 34 last <laughs> January and I'm like, this has to be what, is this a thing? Cause it's what I'm going through. I was on a walk in the morning and I was listening to a podcast and it was a podcast with a guy named Rob Murgatroyd. And I actually, it, this was such a profound moment that I invited him on my podcast to celebrate a hundred episodes. And he did the guest interview there. It was great. And, uh, he said this one line and he said, it, the whole idea was talking about when is enough enough? Like, how do you know if you've made enough income, if you've, you know, you're doing enough? Cause that's a constant conversation. And he said, enough is enough when it erodes the bandwidth you have for a great quality life. So like if, so basically what we ended up doing is I heard that and I was like, 
the bandwidth for a great quality life, huh? And I had been in entrepreneurial communities where it's literally just like, we're all working on $30,000 months. Like that's what we're working on. Everyone's working on it all together, all of us in there. And then as soon as we do that, then we're working on the million dollar year, which is 83,300. You know, we know these numbers in our head because everywhere you look, those are the numbers to hit after you hit your 100K year. Then, and, and I was like, yeah. And I was coached. And, and my coach said to me, he goes, Sessa, I feel like you're growing just to grow. I'm like, what else are you supposed to do? He's like, well, where's your season of enjoyment? Like, are you going to enjoy this at any point? Or are you just grinding for to where? Where's the goal? Why is your goal the way it is? And I had recognized like, these aren't even my goals. Like, why do I want $50,000 a month? Why do, why do I want this? And I was like, because everyone else has it. And so we're like, okay, let's do something crazy. My husband and I sat down. We're like, let's write down everything we could want materially. Cause that's I mean, costing money. And we, I mean, I'm talking like in-home personal trainers, someone coming, cooking all our meals, like our house cleaned all, all the things, traveling four months a year, five-star accommodations, the whole deal. And we did like a level one life of like, okay, this would be a good, this is pretty cool. It's what we have now. Level two. And then level three was all the extravagant stuff. We would only need to gross in our business between my husband and I, $250,000 a year. Really? Because then if you take off expenses and taxes and personal taxes, and it all came down, it came down to like $146,000. That is hmm. all we would need to get all of this stuff we wanted. And it really? blew my mind. And that started telling me, I was like, so every dollar I earned beyond $250,000, even if I bought everything I wanted, had all the experiences I wanted, traveled the way I wanted, would not change anything. Yep. And so after that point, if the dollar after that requires more time away from my kids, more time away from my husband, less presence on travel, less emotional peace, that is what I mean by eroding the bandwidth for a great quality life. And so it was cool seeing that. And I was like, dude, that's not even a lot of money. Like in the business world, right. we put two businesses together. And I'm like, huh. it was a wake up moment. And I was just like, that's so cool. Because like, I mean why am I working this much? And I started scaling back and I reduced the amount of clients I took on. And I mean, that's the opposite of what you're supposed to do, but like it's freedom. And I think that's really what we all started the business for. It's like, I want freedom, time, freedom, location, freedom, emotional freedom. And I don't have to have a million dollars to get that. I can have this. If I, if I earn more and it doesn't take up my bandwidth, sign me up. I'm in for it, but I can have that now. I don't need to get to there when then fallacy, we're back here again. A million dollars is not going to change how I feel. What would? And that's when I get to start exploring, like, what do I really want? So when your kids get older, do you think you'll homeschool them? Will you be able to still travel like this? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, once you go down the rabbit hole for something, it's just like, oh boy, there's a lot here. There's actually something called world schooling. So it really? is, yeah, it is, um, not it's not even homeschooling. It's like homeschooling meets world travel. So you ask your kids like, okay, what are you interested in? Okay, I'm interested in animals. Okay, I'm going to go watch sea turtles, uh, baby sea turtles be born on the beach and kind of understand that life cycle and read around that topic, right? So you're teaching through world experiences, different cultural holidays, different languages. And so it's it's kind of making, I always think like it's a, a kid of the world, like who has cultural experiences. It's, it's not, a, I don't think there's a right or wrong way to do it, but that's what we're really looking at is like, where do their interests lie? 
and following that. But still, I mean, giving them the education they need. And I mean, we have friends that are world schoolers and it's right when their kids get to about grade eight that they start wanting that social time. And I feel like we'll Mm -hmm. cross that bridge when we get there. But then I know what they're doing is they've just asked their kids like, hey, what do you want to do? And if they wanted to be a doctor or something that involves school, well, then they have to get back into the system. But yeah, kindergarten, grade one, they're one in three now. So I mean, we have a lot of those primary school years where the whole focus is literally just on developing passions and interests and exploring and learning to read and write and stuff like that. And you can do that from anywhere. Man, is it, I sometimes I'm like, what would it be like to be a child in that family? This is one of those moments. I'm like, what would it be like to be a child in your family? It'd be so fun. I, I'd love to fast forward and see what that, uh, what that will look like for them, you know? Yeah, yeah, it will be interesting. Like one of the things that we do get a lot of questions about from family is like, well, how would you social, like, how do they get social experiences, right? And we only do plan to be gone, like at the beginning, four months of the year. And I was like, well, put them in soccer when we're back. And then I think as, as parents, if we take on that responsibility, like we need to get out into the city and we need to get out into the events in the town and meet people and make an effort to get out of our shell so that they get that experience. Right. And like, I've, we've heard of kids in that world schooling community who have have found lifelong friendships and pen pals that they have met all over the world and they meet up with families. Like there's this, uh, I, we haven't really even got into it because we haven't started, but there's this whole community of families that meet around the world. And you just are like, Hey, I'm in Panama. Who other families are like that here? And so I think that's something we'll learn as we go, but I'm not really that concerned about it right now. Just given all the the beautiful trade-offs they're going to get. Well, my guess would be, this is just a total hypothesis, but they're going to be able to do really well socially. They're going to be meeting new people all the time where they'll have to be like, oh, hi, how are you? And they'll be great at conversation and small talk. Yeah, small talk, which a lot of kids with their devices and such don't, they've lost that art. So I think it might be an advantage. We'll see. Yeah, well, and I think there's just so much opportunity to be outside too, especially when you're Mm -hmm. choosing countries that are not Vancouver and rainy all year long. But I (laughs) get to be spend the mornings on the beach, meet the other families in the nearby communities and stuff. So I'm excited. We'll see how it goes. I'm sure we're going to learn a lot and be in for some surprise awakenings. But I mean, that's part of it, right? (laughs) Exactly. So I'm curious if you ever get in the mindset again, where you go back to, because, because I'm speaking from personal experience, I've gone down this path myself where I'm like, I will get to the million dollar mark. And then I was like, my gosh, I am not happy. And turns out hitting these milestones, I'm not any happier. Like I just, I want the whole, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? But it does creep in every once in a while. I'll see somebody who's just killing it. And I'm like, am I doing the wrong thing? So do you ever slip back into like, wait, hold on a minute. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I just had one a couple of weeks ago. (laughs) That's why it's kind of nice, like when you're on the same page with either honestly, a friend, uh, somebody you're in a mastermind with, even my husband is this for me, like he is very neutral about money, and I am very charged by it. Right. It's just I'm growth driven. I am let's go overachiever detail oriented type A. And he's like, it's fine. We're going to be good. Like, it's fine. I'm like, what do you mean? (laughs) Often having him to remind me of like, Hey, we're okay. And like that, that's the cool thing. I also find that where this brings in a neat conversation is, okay, let's say I only want to work 20 hours a week, four days a week. That's it. That's, that's what I found is my happy spot. What if I could make a million dollars doing this? Like, what if that had to be the solution? Would you ask yourself different questions? 
would you come up with different solutions, right? If like this, actually, this kind of lends well to a, um, a question my husband asked me because he's he's born in the Philippines. He moved here when he was 13 and we do plan to go back when the girls are a little bit older. And he said to me, he goes, as at the time in January, again, January was a rough, rough transition of like, what am I doing? Uh, but he said to me, he's like, Tanessa, what are you going to do when we go to Asia and you have you know, 15 hours of client calls, not to mention all your other stuff per week. Like, how are you going to do that with a 12, 15 hour time difference? And I was like, oh my gosh. And so it was like, I had to break down my whole business and really ask myself, like, how can I get my clients the same results, but without 15 hours of calls? What if they only needed 30 minute calls, but I could be more present with them with voice notes during the week? What if I had a library of videos that told them the how, and then I could come in on the part they struggle with, which was the mindset coaching. Oh, not only were they like, thank gosh, I don't have to sit on an hour call, but they're like, I'm getting better use of this. I'm focused on the mindset part of it. I can do this part. Like it, it made, it transformed my business because I am on calls less now and my clients are still getting great results. And I was like, this is cool. But had I not asked myself that question, I wouldn't have known. So it's kind of a cool opportunity to be like, if I could redesign this, to make that possible and still get clients results and still do an amazing job and be present. What would that look like? Cause who cares what time I'm on Slack answering voice notes, right? Like if it's the opposite time in the world. So I actually think it's asking these hard questions and feeling the discomfort and like, should I make more? Should I make less? What about my time? It's, it's evolved my business in a way that just serves not only me, but my clients so much better. Hmm. Yeah, that is really cool. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So you do, so was it this past January, 2023, where you went through the like, ah, okay, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it was just like having those questions. When is enough enough? What are we going to do when they travel the world? Do you really, actually, it was, I remember specifically, I had this vision of my kids and my husband playing on the beach and I'm sitting in the Airbnb staring out at them going into my like 19th call of the week. And I was like, oh, (laughs) I I was like, I don't want that. (laughs) Have you experienced burnout yourself? I wouldn't say I have. I've always like given, given this, I am in the health field. True. And so that's what I think sometimes those that aren't in the health field, like maybe you, for example, like we don't, we always forget that the people that are in my spot, like leading these health programs, we're health conscious. Like that is our business. It's kind of like how people who sell uh, business coaching and funnel making for a business probably have excellent funnels, right? Yeah. yeah, So given that I grew, I mean, I've got a degree in it. I grew up, I didn't grow up very active actually, but like in my late teens, it's, it's been in who I am to prioritize that. So I haven't had to go through that part of it, thankfully. Hmm, that's very nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, so if you could, in a perfect world, let's just say money wasn't even in it. Like, what are the things that light you up about your business? What is just so fun for you that like, please don't take this away from me. I love this so much. Yeah, it was actually one of the additions that I brought in earlier this year, which was community. Um, I am, I'm a very, uh, introverted, like, you want me to have a conversation? Like podcasting <laughs> is different because it's deep, but yeah. like getting to know the surface and then having to get under, like that is very over, like it was something that I shied away from. But this year I brought in community and group calls and like, I just feel lit up, like 
I think one of the most magical things, it actually just happened last week as I had two of my community members be like, if I fly up to New York, could we grab coffee? Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, <laughs> this is so cool. Like I've created a community of people who care enough to meet each other in person, travel across the country, like that kind of stuff. People seeing other people's experiences and being like, I relate. Like I had clients cry together, all like, like multiple people all crying in sympathy with each other and just feeling. And I've never experienced community like that. And it has been just, it has completely opened my mind. That is really cool. So where mm -hmm. do you host your community? Just, oh, um, I host it on Slack and then the calls are on Zoom. So we just have like a big group Slack and there's, you know, channels for all the different things and stuff like that. But just keep it simple, Slack and Zoom. That's really, and you attract your people. So for, for the listener who's like, how do I know? What can I tap into? Do you have advice uh, for someone? Like how, how can they find this thing they love? Meaning like how can they find what is inspiring them and lighting them up? Yeah. Cause for you, you were terrified of this community. Like what led you to do that? I mean, how, what advice would you give someone to like just yeah. test it out or? Yeah. I had to borrow someone else's belief. I didn't have that belief. And I had um, someone I was in a program with last year sharing her experience on a community because my brain was like, that is less value because it is not only one-on-one -on -one time with me and they will think it is less valuable. Like I had a story in my head about that. And I had someone say to me like, no, the community is the best part. It is these calls is the best part. And I was like, I'm going to borrow your thought. I'm going to hold on to it. I'm going to lean into it and believe that because I don't have that for myself yet. And so I think it's maybe having someone in your environment who encourages you in a way that maybe scares you, right? Like what would you, what would you, what would you love to do that you haven't tried before? Cause I think that's what that came out of too, is like, I would never would have tried it had I not asked those questions. And so I think it's like literally like, okay, well that's possible for them, which means in a, in, there is some way it is possible for me. Am I willing to go through the discomfort to figure it out? Hmm. Very cool. So what groups are you a part of? Like, how did you meet this person who shared that advice with you? I, I'm a program lover. Like I have had a coach consistently since, oh gosh, 2019. Mm -hmm. um, I'm like, I'm like in a six month mastermind and then a six month group program, then I hire a one-on-one -on -one coach. And so I always look at it as like, there's no, I don't, I don't really ever believe that there's one program that's going to be the silver bullet. I think each program comes with good lessons, bad lessons. And I think it comes with a skill and it's like a puzzle. And sometimes we're like, that was the program that worked. And I think what it is, is that was the program that gave you the last skill in the puzzle that made it all work. And so that's why I'm constantly looking at, because I want to always be around people that think different than me. I don't want to be in an echo chamber where everyone has the same goals as I do, think as I do. And I feel like if I stay in the same environment for too long, then I don't get to hear any other things, right? And so for me, it's always exposing myself. And it doesn't have to be with paid programs. It can just be like literally communities in your environment. You can join a Facebook group over here for business. And if you like knitting, you're over here in this community. You have a meetup over here with people in your actual like local community, being around people that think different than you and then welcoming that instead of thinking, I feel a lot of us don't like opinions that are different than ours or contrasting. But like, if you can stay in that discomfort of the dissonance of like that thought is different than my thought, I think that's where the growth is because I can't tell you how many times I've changed my mind on something by just being like, 
all right, this means I was wrong about that. Am I willing to be uncomfortable to grow? And for me, I love the answer to always be yes. That is very valuable. Oh, if we could have more of that in the world of just like not being in an echo chamber. I love that. Being with people who think differently. So, Well, that's why like I always make sure like if someone... We always come across those posts on Instagram or our Facebook feed or threads or wherever where something you can feel that you disagree with it. You can feel it in your body before your brain even registers that you like don't agree with what they said. I feel people are so quick to unfollow and be like, how could you say that unfollow? But it's like, I don't want to be around people who all think the same way that I do because I will never change. And so I always invite like bring in thoughtful discussion. Like I've got a girlfriend and she very much, she's very into the health scene, almost like to the holistic point beyond where I am. And a lot of her stuff will set off a disagreement in me. And I love talking to her about it. I'm like, I disagree with this. Can you explain what you think about that? Oh, you, th- oh, that's funny. I never, ever looked at it like that. And I find it such a way for me to soften be like, okay, I can see why they would think that now instead of thinking that's wrong. And it just, it's, yes. it's a beast inside when you're not trying to fight with everything that you don't agree with. It's like, how could it be true? Because for them, it is true. <laughs> right. Well, and the world broadens and all of a sudden, even if you don't bring that thing into your own belief as like, oh, this is what I believe. I like being able to understand why they do believe that way. And to, and I have had those moments where my mind literally opens. I'm like, oh, Oh my gosh, there's so much more empathy to be had and just like respect and compassion for other people. That is such a big theme in my coaching, self-compassion, compassion for others. And I always like to, I, I genuinely, and it's funny, my mom vehemently disagrees with this and this just goes <laughs> to show you, but I have a very strong belief that people are doing the best they can. Yes. She's like, no, they're not. I'm like, why would okay, let's say they aren't. Why would you not want to still believe that? It feels good for me to think, hey, that person wasn't very nice, but I don't think they really intended. I think they're just doing the best they can. I don't know their story. I don't know what they've been through. I don't know what their daily thoughts are. I don't know what their struggles are. So I would much rather just be, and this this helps so much with the Instagram friends that are not the friendliest. I'm just like, right. uh, I always think like I feel for them to be in a brain that would put that out onto somebody else. Like I genuinely feel for that because that must be a hard brain to live in. Have you seen my Instagram account lately? Because there was some of that going on. So I don't know if you are speaking to that or okay, interesting. All right. Well, that's very timely. So we'll just leave it at that. But um, but it's just, yeah. I feel I wish we lived closer because maybe we'll see you in the world somewhere. <laughs> you well, we never know where I'm going to travel to next. So, <laughs> yes, yes. Well, thank you so much. This has been awesome. You do have an amazing freebie. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Can you share a little bit what that is? Yeah. So I had a lot of people being like, okay, I just really want to be more productive in the morning or have some more energy. And so I put together a playbook of what I think are the 12 best biohacks. So they're basically like the experiments you can do with yourself to help you with the energy, the clarity, the focus, the feeling good in your body. And so it's just a collection of those. And each hack is linked to a podcast episode. So if you're like, I like this, I want to know more there's a podcast episode on that. So that freebie is, you can find it on my website, tanessashears.com, this little freebies tab up at the top, um, 12, 12 ways to biohack your energy. That with that, That's what that one is called. 
Yeah, very cool. And just as we go, can you share a book that you love? You mentioned that you love to read books. So I'd love to know a book that you, and I'm putting you on the spot. I could see your eyes like, oh, no, no I was going to know. My question is, do you want a fiction book? Do you want a personal oh, book? Do you want a ooh, business both. book? Let's do fiction and personal growth and business. Ugh, now that you've mentioned all, I want all. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I have recently fallen in love with anything that there's this woman, her name is Abby Jimenez. Mm. And she writes like, Mm, if you were to put Kate Hudson in a book, <laughs> like, you know, just those Ooh. really light, except it's not cheesy and corny, like the way a lot of them are. So anything by her, I've swallowed everything up by her this year. Um, okay. Business book. Things that I keep, oh gosh, anything's written by Alex Hermosi. His $100 million yeah. offers I have inhaled. <laughs> and re- that was part of my third life, third of life crisis. It's like, <laughs> this doesn't sound like that. It needs to sound like that. So I used his $100 million offers and now I'm using his book, $100 million leads. Great books. Um, as far as personal development books, can I give you a podcast instead? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's called the Life Coach School Podcast. Oh, yeah. Brooke Castillo. Castillo. Yeah. <laughs> that one got me out of a really dark hole in 2015 when I was like anxious, overwhelmed, couldn't leave my house. Oh, like your thoughts create your feelings. That single concept blew my brain open and to this day has impacted every move I have made since. How I approach things, how I think about things, how I coach my clients. Like I'm not certified through any of her programs, but she has profoundly impacted my life. Same. I wonder when I I started listening to her, what year? 2000? Anyhow, maybe. 2015. Yeah. So check out The Art of Accomplishment. This is just me chatting with you. I think yeah. you're really going to love that podcast. Yeah. So I've been looking for a new one. You know, when you kind of are like, I just need something fun and fresh. Yes. The Art of Accomplishment. Got it. <laughs> okay. And you have a business podcast that you love. And then I'll be done because I keep throwing yeah. more questions at you. You know what? It's Alex Hormozzi's The Game. Okay. I just, You know what it is? It's like, there are very few people I find that their way of thinking completely bends mine. And Brooke Castillo is one and Alex Hermosi is the other. He just has a way of looking at business that is so logical, practical, the way he thinks about things. It neutralizes a lot of my frantic energy when I'm just like, oh, I just have to learn to love hard work. It's the hard work's not the problem. It's just how I look at it. It's that podcast, the game, Alex Hermosi, for sure. <laughs> okay. So, and then I just want to ask, because I really love Alex Hermosi, but there are a few people, close friends of mine, they're like, I just don't love his energy. He's very masculine, very like money, money, money. And I'm definitely not all about money, 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 you know, and I don't get the sense that you're, that's, that's clearly not what. So it's, that's what you like is it just kind of makes yeah. your mind think a little differently. Yeah. You know what it is, is I had, I think something powerful to explore is I found my edge between my masculine and my feminine. And so he very much pushes me into the masculine energy. And if I am not conscious of it, I will become anxious. Because I, if I only listen to his stuff and I am like, yeah, uh, I would never, I'm not a fan of the hundred cold outreaches a day. I'm not that, but like my brain starts yeah, maybe I should do that. Like I find if I get pushed too far, I get anxious. And I have found for me, if I am 70% in the masculine energy and 30%, if I get that sweet spot, that is my edge between not finding burnout, 
feeling at peace and able to turn off at night. My brain, it is calm, it is free. And then being able to fully engage when I'm at work. So I think it's like, it was it 50-50 for you? Is it 30-70 for you? Which way does it lean? And finding that sweet spot and how you can tell. I think I learned this from someone I was in one of her programs a long time ago, but she said, here's how you tell if you're at your edge. You're not bored, but you're also making progress. If you're too much into the feminine, you're not, you're usually probably a little more, you're not moving as much. There's not as much progress. You're maybe a little bit bored. So you want to feel challenged, like you're moving forward, but you're not bored. And as soon as you can find that sweet spot, you notice, because if I'm listening to Alex Ramosi 100% of the time, I'm so far past, I am like, I need to check back into my work. And so I find (laughs) that I have to be looking for influences to shift back the other way. And so I'm conscious of that. And it also has to do with, you know, your cycle because yeah. there are certain times I'm just like, let's go. And there's certain times yep. I'm like, I need a nap. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, I could keep chatting with you all day. I think I found a new little bosom buddy. So thank you. I've loved this so much. For our listeners, what's the best way for them to find you? Yeah, either my podcast, Becoming Limitless, or if you're like wanting to actually directly reach out, I'm on Instagram at Tanessa Shears. I'm super active on there. I'd love to just hear what you found resonated or if you share this and tag both of Elizabeth and I in this I always love that kind of stuff and seeing what's hitting home right awesome well thank you so much for being here this was just so so fun yeah thank you for having me (laughs) Tanessa thank you so much for being on the podcast what a pleasure I just sincerely enjoyed chatting I could have chatted for hours and hours. In fact, I will probably reach out and stay in touch because I love the things that you said. I hope that you listeners resonated and found what she said helpful and inspiring. Be sure to go and follow her on Instagram. It's Tanessa Shears, T-A-N-E-S-S-A, and then Shears, S-H-E-A-R-S. Get her free download And she has a podcast as well. So you can stay in touch with her. And thank you so much, Tanessa. It was just so great to have you on the podcast. Listeners, join me next week. I'll be back with a brand new episode talking about 2024. It's a brand new year that can be both exciting and feel a bit daunting. So let's just talk about the year ahead, how to approach it, some tips and tricks that you can use to make this be an exciting new beginning for you and your business. So I'll see you back here on the Crafty Career Podcast next week.